everybody, and welcome to So It's Come to This, a Simpsons family podcast. I am Brian. I'm Patrick. You pointing at me? Pointing at you. I'm Corey. All right. Thank you for joining <laughs> us today. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. So here we are. It's been a while. Our apologies for the delay in the uh, the last episode being posted, but um, hopefully we can get on a more steady schedule now. Um, especially with the summer coming up and everything. So, all right. Well, why don't we jump right in here, and why don't we jump right into a romper room shout-out, shall we? It's I'm turn. not prepared. Of course you're not. Oh, wait. Here, where's the mirror? I'm, I'm on Pinterest. Oh, um, it's holding up the table. Wait. Hold <laughs> it's holding up the table. <laughs> Holy cow. Hi, Dean. Dean, you want to clean this for me? Give it a lick. That's, that's our Dean Foley work. <laughs> Look at Dean looking at me. Like, what the... Okay, I'm looking in my mirror. Dean, who do you see? I don't see anyone. The mirror's fake. This is all an illusion. (laughs) Guys, smoke and mirrors, no pun intended. (laughs) Dean, shut up. You want me to be on the podcast? (laughs) Um, I see my buddy Caleb and Jess and Mike and Maurice and Susie, Boogeyman's Closet, uh, go listen to them. Whether you're 18 or not, I just don't care anymore. <laughs> I, I, I'm I giving you my permission, but don't tell your parents. No, maybe I shouldn't say that. Cut this part. Cut this part. <laughs> Cut this part. Um, hello to Carl and Joey and Buffalo's own Don Johnson. Not to be confused with Miami's own Don Johnson. <laughs> Two very different people. Does Don Johnson live in Miami? No. Oh, you mean the actor Don not, Johnson? Not not Buffalo's Don Johnson. Would, That's in the name. Probably not. If I were to assume, I would say no. I would say that was just a character. I would say Los Angeles is Don also didn't Johnson. A character named Don Johnson. Yes, correct. <laughs> L.A.'s own Don Johnson. Not to be confused with Buffalo. What if Buffalo's own Don Johnson ever moves? I mean, he's welcome to do so. Then he's what no are we going to Buffalo's call him? Own. I don't know. Don Johnson, you better never move. That's Seattle's your name. Seattle's own Don Johnson. <laughs> Portland's own Don Johnson. Don Portland. Johnson, formerly of Buffalo, New York. <laughs> oh, Don, we're spending way too much time on you. <laughs> um, hello to my best friend, Timothy. Thank you for the birthday wishes, Timothy. That was very sweet of you. Uh, hello to my friend, Josh, and my friend, Matt, who also wished me a happy birthday. That that was very sweet of you as well, Matt. And hello to Mike of Count Creepyhead. Creepyhead Mike is what no one ever calls him. <laughs> and hello, Nikki. I don't even know if you're listening. Maybe you just like the stuff and think that's going to be good enough. And then, and then you ignore us because you're afraid we're going to give you a quiz. And guess what, Nikki? I ever see you, I will quiz you on this podcast. Nikki, if you are listening, <laughs> please go to the Facebook post for this episode <laughs> and give it a care react, a specifically a care react. Oh. That way we know, and you don't have to announce it or tell anybody. Or I'll tell you what. Or you be can, quizzed. You can do it on Instagram, too, because we are also... But there's, no, but there's no care react on Insta. It's Are just sure? boop. No, I'm on Insta literally all hurts. the time. No, Kaylin showed me how to do different things because every time she responds to mine, she does a dinosaur. Yeah, she does that to me too. And I said, how'd she do that? And she showed me. But is Nikki Gen Z? No, she is not. She's a freaking millennial. No offense, Nikki, but you're a freaking millennial. <laughs> Caleb would know how to do all that stuff, but not Nikki. 
I'm sorry. I'm not calling you dumb, Nikki. This has gone off the rails. Yeah, yeah. We spent a lot of time um, on Don. I have. <laughs> um, and hello to, I don't know, who else listens? Steve. Um, okay, on to the real people. Hello to, uh, oh, Karen and Georgia and TJ and Cash and Sterling K. Brown. And hello to, I don't know, I've been thinking about the MMC lately. <laughs> just lately <laughs> <laughs> and um i wonder like what happens to the kids that aren't talented enough to make it to the big leagues like there were a lot of kids on the mmc that thought they were going to be talented I there, see. there was one girl in particular who i think about now and then named uh lindsey her name was lindsey and she was one of the youngest cast members before Brittany and them came along and she was on it for the entire duration of the mickey mouse club and what happened to her was very sad like she went to nyu and then she like wanted to be on broadway but but she wasn't good enough to be on broadway so she like did a one-man show and she was still waitressing in new york city and there was one time when that cool restaurant i think so because i think it was yeah and there was one time when justin timberlake and this was like post in sync days and like probably the justified era justin timberlake walked into the restaurant that she was waitressing at and she had to waitress at his table and he acted like he did not remember her which was embarrassing for her because she was on mickey mouse club way before timberlake was and timberlake like blew up and she was just a 40 year old waitress waiting on someone who used to be a castmate but now acts like he doesn't know who she is and i think that's just really sad (laughs) So to all of you MMC leftovers that aren't Ryan Gosling or Justin Timberlake or J.C. Chazé or Brittany or, but not Carrie Russell. Um, Christina Aguilera. Yeah, she's a genie in the bottle. (laughs) But anyone who's not one of those people, I will say hello to you, especially because you're the underdog. Although one of them is a pastor now, which is weird anyways oh i'm getting the wrap it up sign (laughs) almost 10 minutes there's a red light behind i'm being played off the stage Um, (laughs) put some music in hello to peter satara and hello to uh, michael bolton and hello to andy and uh, akiva and jordama and hello to bill and fred and aquafina and um hello to natasha leone and i love you and what no never mind and hello to devin sawa and um yep he's he's an avid listener and hello to peewee herman and hello to my best friend the silver fox himself dick gear all right we did it we did it Okay. That was a wild ride. Thank you. I feel, thank you. I feel, I do. I feel really bad for those. We're gonna have to cut a lot of people commentary for those people on the Mickey Mouse Club that just. The worst part was they grew up honestly believing in their hearts that they could make it, but then Holly was like, "You suck. Get out of my face." That's how all those ensemble shows are. Like all that. Come on.
The only two they were Keenan and Cal. Hey, Amanda Bynes had. Yes, yeah, she oh, had. She had a career that then she destroyed. Yeah. All on her own. I feel bad. That's for true. Because there, there's clearly something. Yeah, I think she, she, she achieved fame much too. Does anyone remember the show Don't Just Sit There? The name sounds familiar. Will Friedel from Boy Meets World was on there before he was on Boy Meets World. I love that show as well. He voiced Batman. Yes. He's the voice of Batman. The he Batman he does oh. so much voiceover work now hmm. that he that just. De- yeah. He got too into, it's you like, know. Like Mark Hamill. He. It was. Acting was too much for him. But with voiceover work. You can roll in in your pajamas. You don't have to worry about people judging you. You're a different character every time. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. Okay. Good for you, Will Friedel. Yes, yeah. good I love you. Do you Doing want to be well. on the podcast? I could be on your podcast. Not doing anything else. <laughs> I could be on your podcast with Ryder Strong. I'd like that. I'd like that. Do well, they have a podcast? Yeah, they do. They have a Boy Meets World oh, rewatch podcast. Why am I not surprised? I mean, so, hit me up. Anyway. Well, Fridell, if you'd like to hit us up. Yeah. Get us on email. So it's come to this pod at gmail.com. Look at that transition. <laughs> get us at Instagram. So it's come to this underscore pod. Or on Facebook. So it's come with the number to this. What about Twitter? We don't talk about Twitter. But what if Will Fridell's Call on you Twitter? Captain Segway. <laughs> and not the, the vehicle. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, then you would like careen off of a cliff. Oh, no. Oh, I regret nothing. At least I'm wearing my helmet. (laughs) So a few things. (laughs) All right. So a few things with our Ion Springfield segment. Um, So LAD Bible writer Catherine Sidnell has reported the actual reason that Krusty and Homer look so similar. And it all goes back to the early days of the show. So according to this article, Matt Groening and the showrunners originally planned for Homer to actually be Krusty the Clown as a sort of secret identity. So Matt Groening has acknowledged the Axe subplot, which was set to be unveiled during the early days before the show aired within the Tracy Ullman shorts. The writers had originally planned to have Bart attend a taping of the Krusty the Clown show, only to suspect that the beloved clown was being portrayed by an imposter. Eager to unmask the truth, the young boy yanks off Krusty's nose to reveal his father. Groening spoke about the twist to Entertainment Weekly, saying the original idea behind Krusty the Clown was that he was Homer in disguise, but Homer couldn't get any respect from his son, who worshipped Krusty. If you look at Krusty, it's just Homer, with extended hair and a tuft on his head. Ultimately, the showrunner felt it was too complicated and the plot never aired, and Marge and Homer watched the incident on TV instead. I did. I've I've heard that story before. Have you? But never like it was always kind of um, like a, a legend about it, but never right. actually like confirmed by a writer. Yes. So it's interesting to see that it get, gets confirmed. Yeah, which and I'm kind of glad they didn't. Yeah, it would have been too really... much. Mm-hmm. And then to keep that continuity doesn't fit with the rest of the show. Right. And they and then they ended up doing the clown college one, which I thought right. kind of yeah get on those same. Exactly. A few other things here. In a recent interview with The Guardian to promote his new film, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, James L. Brooks dismissed claims that the 34-year-old animated series has outlived its popularity. He said, no, there's actually a resurgence right now because it's on Disney+. Plus. People are doing binges, you know, and it has reached a new audience. We feel it's a sort of great reawakening of it. Oh. 
So apparently they know some things that we don't. And also, kind of talking about that, and also talking about the future of the show, uh, Hank Azaria did a recent interview with People. You know, he was promoting some of his new things. Apparently he's on the last season of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Oh. Which I don't think we've gotten to that episode yet. We did not. I'm looking forward to that. Um, So he was asked about The Simpsons' future and whether he would consider leaving. He said he has no plans to leave the show, as he said, well, I'd be silly to leave because they pay me, first of all. (laughs) So with the show greenlit for season 35 and 36, he was asked if he wonders when the show will eventually bow out, and he said, I wonder about that too. He said, you know we're doing season 5 and 36. I would guess they would probably go to 40. It seems to be doing well. And lastly, in talking about new standards for television across the last 10 to 15 years, he said, but whatever the standards are now, we seem to be doing well. People still enjoy making it. They seem to want the show. So I imagine we keep it going. The voices don't really age, so we can keep doing it. And the animation doesn't age. The animation does get better and quicker. So I don't know how listeners feel about that. I don't know what you if you guys want to weigh in at all. Like I've said before, I, I do feel like it might be time to forty year I mean, pack it up. I, I I feel like that's too much. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. I feel I mean, like it's too much. Then again, I mean if it's still making yeah. them money and it's still profitable and everybody still wants to do it, it's like like Hank Azaria saying, Why would we not? And like Corey said, you know, when you're doing voiceover work, it doesn't really take a lot out of you. You know, as, right. f- as far as the the actors are concerned. Now of course I know there's a lot more to it with you know, the production and the animation and all the other moving parts that go along with it. But, I mean, I guess if Disney's still happy with it, then what sense is there to stop it? So Right. right. So it, I mean, it's, it's just all the about show. that cash cow, you yep. know? It's just the show that'll go on forever, I suppose. I mean, it's... Well, and it's got a, like... It has such a huge, like, gap before you hit another American show that's been running as long as it has. Right. Like, right. Animated. Animated, right. I should say. Mm-hmm. Um... I mean, like, it's over 700 episodes. Yeah. Like, right. Nothing else is close. I can't think of. Mm-hmm. Because it wasn't... Sim- wasn't Flintstones, for a while, was, like, the longest-running yeah, time. Yeah, and then they passed that. I mean, they the closest that, one, I would think, would probably be, like, South Park? I think South Park, probably. That was 97. Yeah. And then Family Guy wasn't that far behind. No, Family Guy was pretty But they close. did leave for a while and came back and all of that, so... So, who knows? So, yeah, I, I don't know. We'll see what happens, but... Mm-hmm. And yet, it seems we're stuck in, you know, anywhere from like 1 to 15, and we don't do anything beyond that. <laughs> but we'll see. Maybe we got some stuff coming up. <clears throat> Not any of the Patrick chosen episodes, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> so, uh, moving on here. Corey, do you have a Scandaval update for us? I'm glad you asked. Those two idiots. Meaning, I'm not glad you asked. Meaning Rachel and... Scumdevil, by the We're way. We're gonna keep workshopping that. Yeah, that doesn't feel like it no. Works. Lots of lots of people like calling him Scumdevil because he's scum and he's the devil. So just say Scumdevil. It sounds weird when you say it that way. Scumdevil. All right. Do you continue. call zebras zebras? Like Let's my friend Blazer. Move on. We don't need to get into that. Which I don't think you gave them a shout out. I didn't the way. give them a shout out, but they understand. I was on a time crunch. They probably feel the same way about Mickey Mouse Club. Anyways, I'm getting off topic again. Shocker. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So now the reunions are in full force. We saw two of the reunions so far, and Rachel. There is something wrong with her. 
I'm not a licensed therapist or psychologist by any means. Shocking, I know. But, like, when they pan to Rachel, who could not be in within 100 yards of poor Sheena because of a restraining order Rachel put on Sheena. When they pan to Rachel, there's nothing. There's nothing. There's no expression. There's just a blank look and a dead behind the eyes. And granted, too, let me add that she was friends with all these people. She was best friends with Ariana. And then she slept with Sandoval, who was dating Ariana, as you all know. Um, But there's nothing like almost to the point where people are like does she have all her mental facilities about her because this girl would cry over aging out of pageants but not cry because she betrayed her best friend and she's like but i did nothing wrong because james and lala did the same thing to me and the and in the immortal words of lala kent i was not careful I was not your best friend, ho. It works because she's quoting her. Quotes are allowed. Lala Kent. (laughs) I could have said much worse that Lala Kent has said to her. That's why I told you to be careful. (laughs) Boy. Lala Kent is the voice of reason everyone needs. But if you are interested in the Enderpump rules, which I know every single one of you are, and if you are interested in, like, watching like longer extended versions of the reunions peacock has them and yes i've watched both the reunions on bravo and then i watched the reunions on peacock and let me tell you andy cohen that man has the toughest job in the world i kind of feel like andy cohen is like he knows what he's getting into yes he's like the people that work for the nazis yes like, come on <laughs> what come <Wow>. on <laughs> this is a stretch well um, you know but what? Like I like I told Brian, <laughs> I feel worse for Andy Cohen when he's in the middle of a housewives reunion and they start going at it because there is no way he can like physically stop ladies. Does he just do all of their reunion yeah, shows? He does. Like everyone in the yeah, networks. He sure but does. Isn't he Lucky somewhat guy. involved in that stuff too? He is. So He's like a producer on most of them. Andy Cohen See, so he's not as smart he's as not he a victim is here. He's a maker. He's as, creating this. As smart as he is stylish. Also, may I add I love that Andy. this reunion was a 10-hour conversation. Insane. In I know day. all those reality shows. In have, one like, day. So they were probably they trying to break multiple days, too. Like, But the best part was when Katie said to Schwartz, Tom, when did you find out? And he's like, well, like sometime in mid-August. And Sandoval goes, mid-August? And Lala goes, Oh, did you guys not get your timeline straight? <laughs> because Sandoval was saying he told him in January, and Tom Schwartz is too dumb to make up anything. And he was like, no, no, man, you told me in August. Like, he was kind of hurt. And then, right before Raquel came out, Schwartz popped a Xanax. <laughs> on camera. On camera, on I camera. I, yeah, yes. And then he threw it to someone else. And he said, Here, threw do you it want to some? Ariana. Because Lisa was like, you shouldn't be the one taking Xanax he, he's here. He's not just working for the Nazis. <laughs> he's a higher up. No, this isn't Andy. No, this is Schwartzy. Oh, no, oh, well, yeah, Schwartz, they're definitely the other guys. Yeah, they're definitely terrible people. They're all terrible. <laughs> you don't go on that show and be like, hey, I'm a nice, I'm the normal person. 
All right. All right. On That's that it. Note. Well, thank you for that. Somewhere in here is a Simpsons podcast. Is there? <laughs> so they say. <laughs> so I think this is it. We're going to call it quits here. <laughs> no, we do have an episode to get to, and I believe some of the stuff will be cut down yeah. to try to make it a little more palatable. Yes. And you know what? We didn't have any bonus content in the recent episode that I posted. Oh, so maybe there'll there be some go. more bonus content this time. We didn't? Nope. I didn't listen. It's Well, <laughs> I technically haven't posted it as of today. Oh! It'll be posted on Wednesday. So this probably but I did out. finish editing it. <laughs> so, And it'll be out on Wednesday. But Alright, so for our episode this week, uh, Patrick was the one who picked it out for Yay. us. So, Patrick, I'll turn it over to you why don't you tell us about this episode so uh this is our 76th episode um but it is overall episode 38 from season three episode three when flanders failed production code 7f23 originally it aired on october 3rd 1991 directed by jim reardon written by one of my favorites john vd uh no guest stars and our chalkboard gag was nobody likes sunburn slappers which i agree that is it was funny when that came up of course oh. like, wait what and she, <laughs> yeah. she didn't and i was like yeah like when you get a sunburn and someone comes behind you and they slap you no, she goes, that's terrible. oh no yeah yeah i know <laughs> nobody likes that nobody likes them uh and the couch gag the simpsons run into the living room they do a walk like an egyptian dance and they finish with a ta-da <laughs> on the couch was that what was the bart man because I thought that was the Bartman. No, that was Walk Like an Egyptian. Yeah, okay, well, what was the Bartman then? Someone tell me. I forget the actual. All I remember is everybody, buddy, if you want to do the Bartman, <laughs> move your body and you can can. <laughs> I feel like we're missing lyrics. But in there, there, there definitely okay. was like a. <laughs> there was a real they, dance. They, yeah, they did yeah. give you a dance. I'll look it up while Patrick tells us a little more about this episode. All right. Um, so a little bit of background. Uh, this episode featured. An unusual number of animation glitches, which I noticed while watching. I was like, man, this seems really janky. I mean, I know it's season three, but most of the season three stuff is a little more cleaned up um, than that. Uh, and it turns out it's because, well, actually, originally it was part of season two. It was supposed to air yep. at the end of season two. Uh, and the animation studio in Korea was training a new group of animators, and this was one of their first ones. Um, it came back, and Mike, showrunner Mike Reese said it came back with a thousand mistakes in it and it was just a mess and they had to clean up a lot of it and the ones that tended to make through make it through into the episode were the act one um things there were definitely you can definitely tell i think a, a visual difference between act one and act three in terms of quality as i said although it aired it was actually produced during the previous season um and uh, it actually also used the arrangement from Danny Elfman of the opening and closing themes rather than the Elf Clausen because it was part of a season two. Yeah, and I think they were already using Elf Clausens yeah. at that time, yes. but they went back to Danny Elfman. Yeah, it happens to like show up exactly. So rather than rather than redo it, they just kept the the old one. And this also features the second appearance of Akira, although he's voiced by. Hank Azaria now, not George Takai. Yes, which I was kind of sad about. Yeah, he like, does a he does a good job back? still, and it was I was struggling to remember exactly how Akira sounded from mm-hmm. his first appearance. But well, no, and it was funny when I was doing the research. I looked up like guest stars, and I was yeah. like, wait, why isn't George why is Takai George in not there? So he did a very good yes, impersonation. He did. he did. George Hank Azaria's got a good. It just made me sad. I was like, they couldn't get him back. 
title of the episode is a reference to the poem In Flanders Fields. Uh, originally, the idea for it came up from uh, writer George Meyer. He had a friend who opened a left-handed store and it oh. went out of business. Oh. So it was kind of a little That's inspired sad. by that. Yep. Yep. He had a, he had a store and it was... Didn't have enough people. Oh. Didn't have enough shoppers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did see, too, um, when Homer's watching the CFL draft, <laughs> that Simpsons writers Jake Hogan, Wallace Wolodarski, and John Swartzwelder were on the draft. I, you know what? There was a lot of freeze frame stuff that I know I missed, and that I feel like I I wasn't prepared to catch that. And right. some of the stuff was just really hard to, hard to catch. Um, I did also find out, too, this was kind of interesting. So a Roanoke Presbyterian Church Sunday School. So that class used this episode to stimulate a discussion among both children and adults about why unfortunate things happened to good people in 2003. Phil Brown, the teacher of the class, said the reason they used episodes of The Simpsons was to, quote, get something that would get the kids excited and be more than just a traditional Sunday school lecture series. Right. And that's, that's I think it's a very interesting point, because, yeah, you do see that, you know, there's this idea that Flanders is, like, rewarded because of how religious he is. Well, and Homer even brings it up. Everything right. always works out for uh-huh. him, and that's why he kind of wants things not to work out for him. Right. Because... And, yeah, it's like... Because you wouldn't have to show, I think, the whole episode. There's certainly stuff you could cut out of that in the mm-hmm. Sunday school. But, yeah, it does a good job of... Right. And this is... This has been a few times that I've seen, you know, actual organizations and things using The Simpsons as a way to, you know, make a point... I even remember back when I was in middle school um, and in a Catholic school, one of our teachers actually showed us um, Bart Gets an F. Bart Gets an A. Bart Gets an F. No, it was the second one. Bart's dog gets an F? (laughs) No, the one where... Or no, yeah, it is Bart Gets an F. Yeah, because the one where he, at the very end... You know, I got a D plus. I got a D plus. I kissed my teacher. That I, th- right. I think that's the one. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we actually watched that. Oh, that's yeah. That's where he avoids having to go of, to summer school. Yes. Just barely at the end. Right. Yeah. And like you know, of course, waits to the last minute to do anything. Mm-hmm. Procrastinating. You know, yes. And so we had a nice discussion about that. I remember. And I was like, Oh my gosh, we're watching The Simpsons in school. This is so cool. <laughs> and did you learn anything from that? No, because I was a huge procrastinator <laughs> and yeah. was my entire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. School career. Shouldn't so, say my entire school career. Uh-huh. Like once once entire to grad school. Too. Yeah. You know, once I got to grad school, then once I, I got to grad once got, school. Once he got so far into college, that then I definitely turned so it around, and it. I really put forth effort into grad school because I was paying Thousands a ton of, of money. I mean, I would this. say I probably put sixty percent of of effort into undergrad oh 60 yeah. percent that's something so hey you know that, that's something for sure it's almost uh-huh. passing that's that's a d plus right there that's good enough a d plus good enough <laughs> that's enough so yeah this is the first episode in the series that primarily focuses on flanders also the first episode where homer says stupid flanders stupid flanders not stupid sexy flanders no that's a different episode <laughs> also great and um, also, I saw that this is uh, another first of very few episodes, excluding Treehouse of Horror episodes, uh, where Homer is technically the antagonist mm, in the mm-hmm. role because, of course, he wishes the left orum to be a failure and go out mm-hmm. of business and initially shows no remorse for his actions, but of course, he turns that around. Well, I did read something that said this was kind of like their. 
like their bar for how much of a jerk Homer could be for several years. Oh. Like they were like, okay, as long as he's not worse than when Flanders failed. Can I tell you, I was really upset with how much of a jerk he Homer was. Really. Yes, I agree with that. It it it's a fi- it walks a very fine line because like he's still your Ugh. he's still your focal character, but yeah, he's just enough I didn't, of a jerk to move. The yeah, story right. And you know what? Too like it made me upset. Talking about that and thinking about that, like, initially I was like, I felt like the Bart subplot was kind of just too much of a distraction, but now I'm thinking about it and I'm like, well, maybe it was there. It so was that a palate way... cleanser. Exactly. So you're not right. totally if you, focused yeah, if on you had Homer no... being a horrible right. person. If you had no B story, you're right. And so now that I'm kind of having a different thought on that, you know, right. with us discussing it, I was like, yeah, actually, maybe that might be the reason why so it that was, way plus yeah. you get to see you get to see bart actually pay for his like screwing around and not doing right. what he was supposed to mm-hmm. whereas like homer doesn't quite so like you need a little bit of yes. justice right mm-hmm. for lack of a better term yeah for sure um oh and one other thing i wanted to mention um so there's a big crowd shot at the end at the leftorium yes where all the left-handed people are in there so producer richard sakai is one he of the patrons up. inside the uh, the left orange. Yep. So, all right. So, um, I think without any further ado, I think it's time to jump in here. So Ned invites the Simpson family to a barbecue where he announces plans that he's getting out of the pharmaceutical business to open the Leftorium, a store for left-handed people. And at the barbecue, they break a wishbone, and Homer, jealous of Ned's material success, wishes for the Leftorium to go out of business. Yes. So, thoughts on this act? I know, Corey, you had a few. So, I I never, I guess, I didn't remember what Flanders did, but it makes sense he was a pharmaceutical rep because they had a lot of nice stuff. Mm -hmm. Was he a pharmaceutical rep or was he a pharmacist? I think a rep. I think a rep, rep. but Because he just said, I'm I'm leaving pharmaceuticals. Yeah, getting, I mean, getting out of being a pharmacist, that's a lot of money to... Yeah. Right. Like pharmaceutical sales, I'm sure he wasn't doing poorly for himself. That's a big thing to get out of. But right. yeah, pharmacists make like six figures. and Yeah, yeah. But either way, like no wonder he had a bunch of nice stuff mm-hmm. that Homer wanted. Right. And I never realized that. Like even watching this episode this week while I watched it, I was like, wait, he was a pharmacist or worked in pharmace- you know, pharmaceutical sales or whatever it was? Like, I had no idea. I did not remember that at all. Yeah. Right, yeah. So, I've, I've, I've always remembered him burning the tie on the... Uh... Yes. Mm-hmm. And I, I want you to refer to our grill as this good old propane Elaine. <laughs> I love this episode, I think, and I... I I'm sure I'll bring it up more later. I just love the way Flanders talks. Yes. It's so fun. It's so... I think they really enjoy writing for him. Mm-hmm. Like, John Vitti, I think, really... Yeah. I don't know what other Flanders-focused episodes he's <laughs> written, but his writing style's so fun, and it's just fun mm-hmm. to listen to him make these weird rhyming things that yep. Flanders says. It's just a fun way And even way of just, talking. like, right off the bat, too, one of the things he says, when Homer's mowing the grass with the weed whacker... <laughs> Which is his own weed whacker. Yes, of yeah, course it's Ned. Yeah, Ned Flanders. <laughs> and he says, you are a picture and a half. <laughs> yeah, he's just so, like, you can, it, you get this feeling that Flanders did not grow up in Springfield or something, like, he's just from another world. Yes. Well, is, weren't, 
didn't they discuss his parents were beatniks, his right? Were, yeah. Were, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is why he ended up the way he was, because mm-hmm. his parents were just know-nothing, right. like, do-nothings. Yep. <laughs> we're all out of ideas when we tried nothing. Or we tried nothing, we're all out of ideas. Yes. I also love the uh, thing the little girl says to Bart. You lie like a fly with a booger in its eye. Homer liked it, too. Mm-hmm. Homer really dug that. I really wish I could remember that so I could use it. <laughs> yes. But. Well, and I was wondering, too, does anyone remember any of... Because I, I feel like like when we were younger, there was all those like phrases and things that people would say and everything like that. Does anyone recall any like from your childhood or anything psych. like that? Psych. <laughs> Super psych. Psych. I, I, I remember not becoming a big thing yeah. you know, after Wayne's World when yeah. you say something and then not. not. And uh, Do you know my grandmother got really mad at me for doing not all the time? Oh, boy. Because I would be like, she'd be like, oh, do you want, how does this sound? I'm like, oh, that sounds real good. Not. And she'd be like, eh, you go to your room. And I'd be like, okay, I'll go to my room. Not. Not. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking back, backhanded, yeah. maybe I was and maybe I was an a-hole kid, <laughs> or maybe she should have calmed down. I don't know. <laughs> or in maybe this, both. In this case, I think she may have been justified in being or, annoyed with you. Or maybe both. Yeah. I do always enjoy a good Simpsons dig at Canada and yes. having Homer. So for whatever reason, he'd rather watch the Canadian Football League draft. <laughs> the 15th round. The 15th round of add. the CFL draft, and the line about the. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders only scoring four rouges. Stop. Like, it's just drop. weirdly Canadian. Set him down. Open up shop. Yep. <laughs> That's how Rough so, Riders roll. <laughs> I don't know if you knew. Did you know what a rouge is? No. Okay, is I did look thing? it up. Is that a real it CFL thing? It is a real thing, thing in the CFL. So, I thought, they, CFL I thought they were thing? just yes. making it up. No, yes, CFL is a yes, real thing. It is. I don't know football people. <laughs> yeah, so, and for, for other people, I think the only reason we may know this is because we're so close to the border. <laughs> yeah, I guess. But I feel like people like deeper into the United States probably have no idea that the CFL that even is the exists. real team, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, too. But that is a real team. What? It's yes. a real team. Wait, were the Rough Riders named after the Rough Riders? Or I would were the assume Rough Riders yes, they were named definitely named the Rough Riders. Which came first? Are you FF or are you the CFL was first? <laughs> okay. Yes, the Rough Riders D- are apparently were founded in 1910. So DMX, a big, a big CFL fan. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So, yes, for those of you that don't know, there is a Canadian Football League, and that's actually where Doug Flutie came from. Oh. Doug Flutie came from the CFL. Wait, you mean the guy who made Flutie Flakes? Flutie Flakes, the guy. Famously. Yep. And then he came to Buffalo and was a huge thing, but they really didn't win anything with him, so... But... Wait a minute. I thought they won something with him. They didn't? They won one then playoff why, game, I think. Then why was he such a thing, then? Because of his Flutie Flakes? I think it's because everybody kind of rallied around him because he was a little guy too, so you know he he was the underdog. You would have loved him. So what the heck is a rouge? Okay, so a rouge. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Let's stop talking about Doug Flutie, please. So in the CFL, the rouge is a one-point score that is awarded to the kicking team <laughs> if the much. team misses a field goal. Or punts the football and the receiving team does not get the ball out of their end zone. So basically, yeah. So if you punt the ball and no one's able to catch it and it doesn't leave the end zone, you score a point. You score a rouge. Um, (laughs) 
It also went on to say... Is that a big thing in in Canadian football? Like, does it happen a lot? I don't don't know. know. (laughs) But a team can also score a rouge if the ball goes through the end zone and out of bounds without being touched on a missed field goal or a punt. The receiving team will get the ball at the 40-yard line as a result of the play afterwards. Um, They are not awarded if the ball is downed in the end zone after an interception in the end zone, if the ball is fumbled outside the end zone, or if the ball hits the goal post, or if a kickoff goes into the end zone and out of bounds without being touched. So it's not super... I really, honestly, I thought that was a totally made-up thing. That's what I, was, I thought, I too, thought but I was so like... F- I like the Part thing. of me was like, huh, I bet you there's something to this. I almost, yeah, I almost looked it up, and I was like, that's got to just be made up. It's just yeah. got to be made up to sound French-Canadian enough to be believable. French Canadian enough. Yeah, so apparently in the CFL, there is a way to earn one point outside of an extra point, and this is what it pertains to. So, but yes, I don't know how prevalent it is or anything like that, but mm. I did at least find that. So. <laughs> well, that's, nice. you know what, that's finding comedy in reality. Yes, like, exactly. And again, like, how many viewers of The Simpsons in the United States would have any idea? Right, they what might that even was. might not even know that the CFL exists. I yeah. didn't know it existed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. And here and I, I am, shockingly close to the border. Yeah. Yep. And I mean, this Closer episode than we did. Yeah. 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 This episode came out in 1991, and I'm just finding out. <laughs> so. I thought the Rough Riders were the DMX crew, not an actual <laughs> football team. <laughs> yes, and there's a team in. Hamilton? Yeah. Are they the Greyhounds or something like that? Guys, I just hope that the Rough Riders, the football team, uses the Rough Riders anthem (laughs) as they come out onto the field. Yeah, and just one more thing about the CFL, Corey, if you're curious. I'm not, but go ahead. Their uh, Super Bowl usually happens around our Thanksgiving. But their Thanksgiving... Is there in like October. months before ours? Right. Yes. Not months, a month. Yeah, so they say. And their so Super Bowl say. is like, where can you watch a Canadian Super Bowl? On Canadian television. And do they have a halftime show? Probably. And who's on their halftime show? Like Brian Adams? No, that'd be too big of a name. <laughs> they, they need someone a little more obscure from Canada. Um, the lowest of the low. Sure. sure. Okay. <laughs> or like you know, back in the day, the tragically hip. Like they they would probably be on Drake when he was at the bottom. Drake, but now he's here. here. So. Now he's here. But when he was at the bottom, that was in Canada. That's what he was referring to, playing at the halftime show for the Great uh, Cup. Death from Above, nineteen seventy nine. Sure. They they would play. Yes. Okay. All right, I'm moving on. <laughs> Too much CFL talk this here. Is, this is very interesting. Um, going along some of the na- the Flanders things, the invite. I love it's, that invite. again. Just they're, so they're having wordy. a beefathon and incredible nettables and maudacious vittles. Yeah. I love that. Why don't they just say they're having food? <laughs> maudacious vittles. Oh, maudacious vittles. And then, of course, we find out that Marge is the president of the We Love Flanders fan club. <laughs> according to Homer. <laughs> and I, lo- I, yeah, and then the Marge and Lisa both just mm, <laughs> like Lisa's developing it already. Yep. One thing I noticed in this episode that I don't really recalling seeing too often. So when they are all sitting at the table and having that discussion, Maggie's drinking out of a bottle. And like, you know, she's doing the suck sounds while right. downing a bottle. 
And I was like, I don't recall <laughs> seeing that very often on the show with her actually drinking out of a bottle, which is odd because of her age. Right. She's she a should baby. be drinking. And yeah. you would think that would happen, but like when I saw right. it, I was just like, wait a minute. Her I don't a baby really recall that happening thing. that often. So I thought that was interesting. Oh, I forgot to mention this. Hmm. Yeardley cats. Yeardley. Uh, Yeardley Smith? Yeardley Smith, her cat died. Oh. He passed away. She had a whole tribute on Instagram to him. That's it. Yeah. Continue. Okay. <laughs> uh, I really liked Homer and Santa's little helper, like, panting out the window yes. together. <laughs> and the drool coming down both of their and yep. And Bart just, like, rubbing his belly. Yeah. Yes. Like, that was... <laughs> Just rubbing and it in. Did you guys notice there was a turkey in front of Bart? Yeah, I did. That's one of those kind of barbecue like I meatathons. I've definitely what I've heard of things where people are just like, let's have all the meat we can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a turkey, is a, a turkey is a weird choice. That's I feel overkill. Like, for a barbecue. Yes. Oh, and Corey, I feel like you probably enjoyed this. Fee fi fo fum. I smell the potatoes of Groton of Marge Simp's son. I did. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Who come? Who can come up with stuff that fast? That's like, so good. I liked Homer's Mountain of Burgers. Yes. He even added to it, and but the number of burgers did change a couple times in shots. But again, we've talked about the animation. And then he just yeah, he says, helped himself to a six pack of yep, Duff. Also true. Not but now before that too, Homer is on the couch saying that obviously he's oh. resentful. And what if they came home and found him dead from not eating? He'd be, laughing, be laughing from, from his from grave. My grave. <laughs> Right. Yeah, Homer, you ain't starving. I I said afternoon. to I turned to Brian and I said, "This is Dean's inner dialogue when we're not home at exactly yep, five o'clock. Exactly. <laughs> Where's my food? Wake up." Well, Flanders does have a sinister motive, and by sinister, he means Latin form of. Left-handed. This is where I learned that. This <laughs> episode is where I learned that sinister means left-handed. There are two things: <laughs> this and something in the second act that I'll bring up in a moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I like that, because I always remember that bit. I'm like, oh yeah, sinister means left-handed. Yep. And as someone with a left-handed brother, I use that joke on him a lot. <laughs> Isn't Richie left-handed? I don't think so. I you don't know, know if your own is. brother is left-handed? He doesn't know a lot of stuff about his pet. About his Patrick family. <laughs> um, about his, his family, family Patrick. Isn't your mom's left-handed, yes. though? I think your brother is too. All right, well, that we'll would find be out. interesting odds. Hey, Rich, if you're listening, if you're listening, you know you're not. which I mean, you shouldn't it's be because your you brother are. doesn't know anything about you. Does Rich even listen to the episodes he's in? I mean, he was only in one. Oh, okay. And he said, "I'm going to say not, not for me." Thank you. He's like, I heard he put up. I had to put up with you guys once. I don't need to do it again and relive it. <laughs> At least he was a different state. But um, I I want to say your brother is left-handed. Okay. Well, we'll find out. I don't I don't know how I know this and you don't. But they're much more observant than I am. <sighs> um. So one of the questions about Continue. the barbecue. Yeah. Who are all those people? I have no idea. They're all his and also he friends. invites them the day before the barbecue. Well, maybe they have to all to just Simpsons. be close. But they have to all be just like close neighbors. I think the one family might be Martin Prince's parents. Okay. But he wasn't at the barbecue, so maybe not. Really shown. But I think I recognize them, because they're not very prevalent, and they're not in a lot. Right. But I think the mm-hmm. one woman... It's probably before at least she got, like, lo- introduced it could his be. parents. So. Yeah. But yeah, I'm like, I just remember looking at that and be like, wait, you know, the 
quote Jerry Seinfeld. Who are these people? Yeah, this was the era of like filler <laughs> no. characters. Like, and, gr- we don't know who the girl is, right? Right. right. No, yeah. and she's never seen again. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but I uh, I don't remember ever seeing the actual ending of this act. I must have only seen this episode in syndication. So when Homer ch- starts choking and turning multiple colors, yes. it is terrifying. Yes. Because I've never seen... I don't seen, remember they, he, that either. No, it always just cuts on him laughing. Yeah. And that, so all of a sudden, like, it kept going. Right. And then he starts turning red and purple. Yeah. And, and I'm like... No, that's terrifying. And then he says that little line, or like he, he coughs or chokes or something, like, like well, as he's getting it out, mm-hmm. when it's, like, faded to black. Yes. So, but no, that part, though, and his maniacal laugh... <laughs> Maniacal laugh. So great. Yeah. No, it really is setting him up as like a villainous character. And also the fact that he's like talking with his mouth full, spitting Mm -hmm. food all over the place. Mm -hmm. And then just that laugh. I was like, oh my God. So good. So good. But really, he should have gone. I thought about this. Shouldn't he have gone with one of his other wishes? Because they came true. Right. So he could have, he could be president. He could be President Simpson winning the Super Bowl. Absolutely. So I did look this up too, because in the show they say one out of every nine Americans is left-handed. It's actually one out. Of, yeah, it is. Uh, and, yeah, it is one out of nine. Well, it's one out of ten. Well, it, I found thirteen point one percent. I fa- see. I found. Oh. I found less. I found that was as of twenty twenty. Oh, okay. According to statista.com. Ah, that's so. Good. I don't know if that's a reputable source. Yeah, I not. found. I looked it up, and I I had found like one out of ten which is actually a little lower percentage than one out of right. nine. But and it's always, it hovers always around there. It's about a tenth of the population. Right. And it could be two people in your very own family, but you have no idea. That's true. So start asking people. Like there's that whole thing of like left-handedness like became like more represented in population, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. in like the, probably the mid mid 20th century, because mm-hmm. like all of a sudden teachers stopped like forcing children <laughs> to yes. write with the right hands. Yeah, so I wonder, like, like, is the I mean, is the number still lower represented than it actually because should of that. be? Because some people just still don't. Yeah, because it was always seen like there was something wrong with you if right. you were left-handed. So right. I think that, honestly, I was supposed to be left-handed. Because... That explains a lot. I can, like... I'm amb- ambidextrous. I can, like, use scissors with both hands i can write with both hands but i remember being little and my grandmother like smacking my hand and saying no switch over to the other one because god forbid i was a big enough freak as is let's throw left-handedness on top of that right (laughs) who knew that patrick's episode would also lead to an episode to an instance of hello therapist yes you never know when it's coming should have known you never know (laughs) All right, so yeah, I think that takes us through Act 1. Anybody yeah. got anything else? No. Outside of owning the left horn will be fun. You know, what do you think? It's the merry old land of Oz? <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh... Act 2. All right, so in Act 2, Lisa scolds Homer for indulging in schadenfreude. Homer gloats when Ned tells him that business is slow. Homer sees multiple left-handed citizens struggling with items made for right-handed people and considers telling them about the leftorium, but decides not to. <laughs> Eventually, the store closes, plunging the Flanders family into debt and misery. Ned is forced to sell his possessions, and Homer gleefully, blo- gleefully buys many of them for a pittance. In the subplot, the story, <clears throat> Bart begins taking karate lessons at Akira's karate school. He soon finds himself bored with karate, so he decides to skip each lesson and play video games at the mall instead. 
Whenever Bart is asked by his friends and family about the karate techniques he is learning, he refers to the Touch of Death, an ability he sees in one of the arcade games he plays. He proceeds to terrorize Lisa into doing his will by threatening her with the Touch of Death. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Act Two. What do you guys got? I liked. I love starting off with Itchy and Scratchy, the spaghetti bomb. We actually get two Itchy and Scratchy. We do clips this. this I mean, episode. the one is very, very short. It's very short. They're. I mean, they're neither of them are long, but right. yeah, it's a fun, uh, a fun bit. And then, of course, he like use. He starts using what happens in Itchy and Scratchy as his explanation for what he's learning in karate later on, which I thought was nice. The sec- the the first time he plays video games, the second time he's just sitting in a store in the mall watching television. Yeah, right. like, oh, I got to get back. And then he's like, "What did you learn today?" And I learned, I learned how to rip a guy's heart out. I learned how to rip a guy's heart out and show it to him. Because that's what Itchy does. But Not guys. in that one. In that, no, in the second one. Yeah. So I thought he was just referring to Kali Ma. <laughs> Ma. TV gives so much and asks for so little. You know what? That is a line that feels like it's written for something else, yeah. like that VD took it, but no, that's like a genuinely written line, mm-hmm. and like that is, again, that's the kind of writing I really loved right. from these these early seasons, is just like, that's a, TV gives so much and asks so little. Right. So I did want to go back real quick, though. Yeah. And I just wanted to talk about because obviously we do see, as you mentioned, the Itchy and Scratchy. Yeah. And so it was very simple. You know, Itchy is in a, or Scratchy's in a restaurant. Itchy gives him spaghetti, Bomba's a meatball. He realizes it, tries to run out of the restaurant. Knocks his head off. By hitting his head on the throat. Knocks his head off, yeah. Yeah. And a dog waiter falls on his body, and that, or falls on his head, and then Scratchy's Scratchy's body explodes (laughs) as he's running. But... So I just wanted to quickly, because I don't think we've ever really done this, but like, how do you guys like ultimately feel about Itchy and Scratchy when they put them into episodes? Um, I I like it. I like it. I like uh, what did Grandpa call them? Oh, I forget. I like Itchy and yeah. Scratchy. I was gonna call them Itchy and Mitchy, but I don't think that's what he called them. <laughs> it, I mean, it's very dark, and I think it's it's like that chance for the writers to really push the envelope and still be like, it's okay, it's, it's a TV show, right. even though it's a kid's TV show. Right. <laughs> and obviously it's, you know, parodying, you yeah. know, both Tom and Jerry, um, the Looney Tunes, and even some of the Disney mm-hmm. stuff that came, you know, way before and everything, but... It's so over the top, that's right. why I think it works in the show. Mm-hmm. But, like, do you ever feel like it kind of distracts from the episode? or Because, you know, it always, in most cases, like in this one, it did kind of have it's a an, little bit of, you know, meaning to it. But most of the time, it's just like, it's almost like filler. Oh, it's definitely most filler. Most of the time. It's, it's always what we come, it's usually what we come back from an act break. Right. Yeah. And granted, I understand, like, it's kind of like a meta thing. It's a show within a show within a show. Because it's showed on Krusty yeah. Show, yes. that's true. and then that is showed within Krusty Show, but so I don't know. Like I don't really know how I feel about it. Like I remember when I was younger, I always you know thought they were great and really liked them. But it's also been so long since they've done it. Yeah. So I feel like that was definitely like an early trope that they used to do a lot, and they really. I mean, I can't even tell you the last time I saw an Itchy Scratchy episode. Yeah, but, I would definitely say, you're, like, you're right. It's It probably did serve, especially in those earlier seasons, more as filler. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, we got to stretch this runtime out a little bit more. And again, as we've talked about, we need some distraction away from the Homer jerk. Right. 
main storyline. Like, yeah. we need something to make him seem a little more normal, and hey, let's have some a cat and a dog kill each other. <laughs> let's do it. I was I like really a cat and a mouse. Scratchy. A cat and a mouse, sorry. I was we don't really... want to talk about Poochie. <laughs> I was really caught by the whole, like, introduction into the B story, like Bart and the exercise. He says he watches six to seven hours of television a day. I looked it up. In fact, in in October of 91, when this episode aired, I found an article that said, according to a study, that the average American watched nearly 30 hours of television a week at that point. So he's he's above the average, like he's beyond the average, in fact, because that's not even taking into consideration weekends when he's probably watching even more. Because I was going to say that, like, I definitely did that for weekends. When I was younger, but or like when I didn't have school. I mean, that means if he gets out of school at three o'clock, he's watching TV from three until nine or ten o'clock at night. Like that's kind of wild. I feel like I used to do that. <laughs> I know, but like it's and it, I mean it's not any it's really not any better nowadays. Like no. now it's all just, it's different screen time, right? But exactly. it's still like Kaiser Family Foundation. I looked up and they said that they we spend a whopping seven and a half hours in front of a screen for entertainment. Anybody eight eight to eighteen. Mm-hmm. Four and a half of which are watching television. So it's yep. surpri- it surprised me that even still TV is right. that much of it. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure that's because we watch a lot different kinds of television. Mm-hmm. Like right. you don't, TV is not necessarily you're watching cable or watching Correct. broadcast. Like you could be watching Netflix or. I feel like it's worse YouTube now because there's now. so much stuff that people just binge. Right. You can binge a whole season. Mm-hmm. And if it's a show with an hour-long episode, let's say on the short side, seven episodes in a season. That's seven hours Yeah. that you've, know. you know. Well, and plus the fact that it's so mobile now. Yes. Yeah. Like, I mean, a lot of people aren't even watching it on their television. Right, exactly. They're watching it on their phone or on their computer or, you know, something yeah. like that. So, but no. Yeah, yeah it was. I, I don't it's, think it's gotten any better. Like, right. if anything, it's probably gotten worse. But I, and I did like, and again, this is something that only Simpsons tended to get away with at the time, was Marge's rant about it. Mm-hmm. Like, it really yeah. gave her a chance. She's like, their parents should be ashamed of themselves. And she looks at the screen. She's looking at the viewer. Right. I didn't catch that when I was a kid watching right. this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I do have an update. You were asking about the Bartman? Yeah. So there is a lyric in the song that kind of describes it, but it's very vague. So it says... Move your body if you got the notion. Front to back in a rock-like motion. Move your hips from side to side now. And then don't you slip, let your feet glide now. So apparently that is the Bartman. But if you did really want to see it, go look up the video. They, they show you how to do it right in there. Thank goodness. So it just never really took off, I it's guess. It's a great way to get exercise. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> in front of the television. If you're an eight-year-old boy <laughs> living in Springfield. Um, any thoughts on Akira's karate commercial? Oh my god, I love Washington breaking the board over his head. <laughs> and wearing a wristwatch. I don't know if you noticed that. <laughs> so not only is his hair coming through the wig. Their but... commercials are so good. And I just love, too, the people from all walks of life take karate. <laughs> Doctors. Yes. Yeah. Homemakers. Landscape ar- architects. Landscape architects. I don't know why, but that's the one that got me. And choreographers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, yes, George Washington. I cannot tell a lie. This is a great deal. Ooh. <laughs> and it's next to Shakespeare's fried chicken. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 
and ten. I mean, ten bucks. Ten bucks a lesson. Yeah, that's not, not bad. bad. I mean, we we just passed a, a martial arts place, and it was like first two classes free. Like mm-hmm. clearly, this is a thing they give away. Yep, that's how they hook you. They hook you. Although I don't know that I would hook you by offering you a book to read to start off the class. Like that's not going to catch right. me. I'm not paying for any classes if that's the free ones. Well, you must fill your head with knowledge before. <laughs> I already know how not to hit a guy, though. <laughs> can, can I ask for everybody's opinion on, like, Akira as a character? Like, especially now in our post-Apu kind of world. Yeah. He's kind, I was I mean, thinking he's... about that. Yeah, it's a good question, because there's not really, like, anything overtly offensive about him. But it's still him. kind of character. Right. But, I mean, the thing I would say, obviously, being an issue is a white man right. voicing Exa- him. And that's mm-hmm. right. But of course, they've addressed that going forward and everything like that. But And that's why I also said I was very sad that George Takai didn't mm-hmm. reprise right. the role. Right. Um, and I'd be very curious to see if they asked him and he turned it down yeah. or you know what ended up happening there. Um, but personally, I didn't see anything in it because I kind of was looking at that. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really see anything that really stuck out to me, but no, I'm not really not, the person I don't, I don't, that should really be speaking yeah, on this, right? Because I'm a white man, so I shouldn't be speaking on this how I felt about it. Right? You know what I mean? But so the way I described it in my notes, I wrote Akira is kind of like Asian Apu, who is also Asian as well, mm-hmm. if we're being specific. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. He could be problematic. I mean, that's we don't see Akira much more, right? More, which. Yeah, but again, like, I didn't see really anything, like I said, like, you know, with Apu, it's always the thank you, come again, and, yeah. you know, things like that, and then that became a thing where people were getting, you know, bullied right. and picked on for yeah. that phrase, and that became a thing where, you know, I just don't see that really happening with Akira that much, and, you know, I mean, he was a karate instructor, and he, you know, I mean, he brought about, uh, what was the book again? Uh, Art of War. Art of War, thank so, and, of course, which would kind of make sense with that culture and everything mm-hmm. like that. So, I don't know. Personally, I didn't have much of an issue with it. But, again, like, I feel like I'm not really the one who should be weighing in on that. So. I did like how he brought out Art of War. Yeah. And was like... And Art of War is a pretty short book, too. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm not paying to read. I'm not paying... I'm not paying... <laughs> I already know. I'm not paying to read books. That's what grad school is, in fact, actually. (laughs) Grad school, we've talked about it. That's paying money to read books. Yeah. Well, like Mulaney said, I went to school. They told (laughs) me to read Jane Austen, and (laughs) I I didn't. (laughs) Oh, the the one other thing I want to mention about that commercial, though, is when Akira first um, headbutts through the, the board. And he said, that didn't hurt that much, because I know karate. (laughs) Yeah. But I did also find it interesting that when I found out it wasn't George Takai, that I was like, so they used Hank Azaria again Mm -hmm. to voice another character? Yep. You know, I was like, huh. Uh -huh. So I guess he's just the go-to guy then in this case. Yeah. But, But different time, and obviously they've learned from their mistakes, and things are different now, so... Got to go back to Noiseland video game, video arcade. Yes. Did you happen to see what the games were? Yes, that was a that was the one where I had a hard time freezing because it is a real quick. Right, and there was really only two you could read. Yeah, there was Robert Goulet Destroyer, which has appeared before. (laughs) Yep. Um, Roadkill, 
I saw oh, I didn't see that one. There was also one that was something wife, I think, or bat wife. I couldn't really make it out, and I couldn't find much okay. about it. But I gotta say, for, I mean, forty quarters for an hour, is, I think it's pretty good. Like he can get a good amount of gaming in. Yeah, yeah, and of course, touch of death, touch of death, the other game. Oh. That's where Bart learns. The I did find this. This was a freeze frame I had to do. Um, the mug the woman broke mm. at the leftorium. It said it takes three rights to make a left. I did. There were the the left jokes. <laughs> the left, all the left paraphernalia and whatnot is. Yep. And you know things aren't looking good for Flanders, but a security guard did take a long, hard look at a left-handed ice cream scoop. <laughs> Poor Flanders. Just stop validating parking for people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The, and Just that, stop it. The parking validation thing was not a part of my childhood, so I remember when I watched this episode when I was younger, being very confused. Because, like, I can't think of anywhere around here. Yeah. Even now, yeah, but, where but definitely when I was younger, but... like, you, I mean, you, if you had to pay to park somewhere, it was, like, downtown or whatever in a parking lot. Like, there was no parking attached to a mall where you Niagara had to pay Falls to Memorial Hospital had hospital yeah that but like none validate. of the malls not no mall around here ever did like you never no. hate a park because we have these did you massive have to pay to park lines. at rainbow mall i don't think so because they had the parking structure there. it would have been a garage place yeah that's yeah. true but i don't think you did but then again like i never drove a car to go to the rainbow mall right like myself mm-hmm. i yeah. was always with someone mm-hmm. so i probably just didn't realize what was happening you know so yeah um, par- yeah parking validation that's weird yeah and but like, yeah, does it? Right. Do like, you think it's something that doesn't really come up? And like, does it affect Flanders' business? Like, well, that's what I was wondering too, because I don't really know how. I know obviously, if you validate parking, it means you don't have to pay for it. So right. then, does that mean Flanders' business has to pay for the parking? Yeah, I don't. That's what. Like, that's I never what, really knew that. Right, and because so, I didn't know how the concept worked as a kid, I guess it. Conf- right. It's still. Right. Like I'm assuming that's what it is. I'm assuming it comes down to the business. Yeah. Then to pay that parking. And it's fee. like, oh, you validated these, so eighty. Slips right. today, you owe this much for the parking. Right, exactly. People. Yeah, that could be. So, but I don't know. So, yeah, if anyone knows, let us know. Um, this is the second thing I learned, and I remember learning this when I was very young. What Schadenfreude is? Schadenfreude. <laughs> and I just remember like watching this. And no, I don't know what Schadenfreude is. <laughs> Please tell me. I'm dying to know. <laughs> but yes, the way that Dan Castle delivers that is just so perfect and it's so great. But even as a kid, I was like, oh, that's a word that I know now. Like, that's pretty cool. I really liked the bit after that when he's like, what's the opposite of that schadenfreude thing? And mm-hmm. she goes, sour grapes. And he goes, those Germans are full yes. of things. And I didn't think they about it. for everything. Right. I didn't think about it till watching this time. It's because he thinks sour is S-A- Yes, he thinks it's an uh, actual German. Yes. He thinks like sauerkraut yeah. yep, or like sauerbraten. Uh-huh. And I was like, I never that is that. genius. Yeah, <laughs> that is smart writing. Yep. Yeah, I, <laughs> I never thought of that. I never thought of it either. And I was like, he just, like, he's never heard the phrase sour grapes. And it's like, oh, it's because he's thinking it's a German right. word. Yep. That blew me away. Like, yeah. that was, I was like, oh my gosh, John Vitti. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, I, never I know, right? All these great, like, I feel this podcast really gets me to think about the episode a lot deeper. Right. Corey, what else you got from this act? Um, I, I just, I don't like Homer. 
Yeah. I don't He's like really it. He's jerk in here. I, it made me uneasy. Is this the act where um, Burns is using the can opener? The first time. Yeah, okay. because he keep, Comer keeps the, encountering all the people. Where yeah. did the cat come from also? I said that. I'm like, Burns has right, a cat? Right, he's never had a cat in the <laughs> No, he had the hounds, right, but yes. no oh, cat. Release the cats. Release the hounds. <laughs> release the cats. I, I welcome it. Yeah. Come here, kitty. They're just going to sit there and look at you. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and no, they're this, all a bunch of deans, just like, huh? <laughs> this act is where we hit that rule of threes, where Homer gets three uh, three chances to right, Mo validate, Burns, like to, to and... save himself, and right. yeah, Mo Burns, and then the oh, bill collector, yes, the bill, bill collector, collector. From the bank, and who he does did not... anyone was anyone else reminded of Steve Buscemi? Yeah, a little oh. bit with the bill collector. Yeah, now that you mention it, yeah. I don't know if that's a coincidence or if they actually were looking at that. I don't know, but I looked at him. I'm like, oh, that's Bashemi. I think of Ben Stiller's dad, Jerry Stiller. Yeah. Yeah, that too. Yeah, 91, I guess he was out there doing stuff, Bashemi. Like, I mean, he wasn't huge, mm-hmm. but he was known. Mm-hmm. What was what was Fargo? Fargo was, uh, that was mid-90s. Like 93, 94, yeah. maybe. So a little maybe bit before later. Those. Yeah. But I think he was already doing stuff before. Yeah. That. Former firefighter, which oh. I just found out recently. Yeah. And, and then, then after 9-11, 9/11 he went back. Hmm. Yeah, and he was actually in his actual house. Fascinating. And, and did he actually know Pete's dad? I think he did. I think he did too. Yeah, Pete Davidson's father who passed away in 9-11. Yeah. So, um, um, I, I do love Bart trying to, when they're sitting at the dinner table, well, what'd you learn in karate today? And he's like, well, I learned the touch of death. And Lisa, shut your eyes. Soon you will be at peace. <laughs> <laughs> She just starts freaking out. <laughs> I feel like this was one of the early hints of Smithers being gay, too. Yes. Like, I don't know if it's the earliest in the show, but his his suggestion. All yes. of that handsome owner, all of the females will be distracted. <laughs> and I love Burns is just like, oh, you. Oh, Smithers. <laughs> I also love how they catch Homer with his hand in, in the, the box. suggestion yeah. box. Yeah. Come with me. I wonder if that's how they get the guy in the later act, too, who brings the box in. Ah. Was he also putting one? Oh, you'll get all the apples you'd like. Yeah. You're that stupid first apple. <laughs> <laughs> I already saw you. <laughs> okay, so, again, speaking of freeze frames, I worked really hard to capture this. Oh, is this in, when they're in the store? The itchy and scratchy credits. Oh. For the second one. So I freeze frame because I was like, they went really quick through those credits. So there had like, to be something. There's got to yeah. be some stuff here. So most of it was just like traditional Asian names, but they tried to do some puns with some of the names, and some of the things I saw here were rather funny. So <laughs> few of the highlights I saw was Haya Guy, yeah. <laughs> Lohan So, ah. and then right below that, Han, Han Solo, Solo. <laughs> S O space L O. See ya soon. Okay. Dua dua. Dua dua. Dua diddy dum. <laughs> Is this where Dua Leap got her name? Yes. Juan Solo. Ah, there you go. <laughs> the photocopy control unit <laughs> was apparently something that someone did there. Arson control, bomb squad, and fire prevention team. <laughs> the catering for the director was provided by Chez Mystique Fine French Cuisine. And catering for the staff was from Krusty Burger. <laughs> 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 it's 
Scratchy's entrails were provided by Alistair Biological Supply. <laughs> the Itchy and Scratchy Show theme was written by Zeke Moonglow. Toxic Waste was supplied by Springfield Nuclear Facility. <laughs> and there was production supervisors in charge of coffee. Itchy's Blood was by Rodent Gut Limited. Oh, God. There was miscellaneous dirty work staff, a mobile medical unit, and there was trauma staff on call. Oh. I feel like that Shea Mystique fine French thing is like a dig at Jim Reardon. <laughs> like, oh, look at the fancy lunch Jim gets and we yep. all just eat junk. Yep, and all the writers are just eating garbage. <laughs> so, yeah, I thought that was kind of funny. And I was like, yeah, the writers clearly put that in there. Yeah. But yeah, it goes by so quick. Like mm-hmm. that whole there was five different credit screens, and I think it's less than a second that they go through. Yeah. So I was like really working the working the thumb on the pause there. Yeah, so, that's... but um, one other thing I really enjoyed was the animation of Barney drinking out of the glass, and you see his face yes. at the bottom of the glass. I thought that was very clever. Um, and then, of course, Bart abusing his sister and telling her yeah. to change the channels. Mm-hmm. Which I also wonder, too, like, younger generations, do they even understand why is she getting up to change the channel? No, they wouldn't. Yeah. No, they wouldn't. No yep. idea. You guys got anything else? What did you think about the about Flanders having to sell everything? It was oh, so, so sad. Because $75 for all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and the fact where... Uh, Ned was like, well, I just bought this last year for $300, and Homer's like, 20 bucks, take it or leave it. And then he backs out. Yeah. And then wants other stuff thrown in. The lawn chairs, and what else? Uh, He got literally everything. I mean, I know he got the... the lawn chairs. He got the bedroom Oh, and the tool bench. That was some... The The tool tool bench. bench. And then maybe I'll... And then he ended up getting the bedroom set, all the stuff that he had for $75. Well, he didn't get everything. Bart clearly got one thing. (laughs) Hands off my China hutch. (laughs) (laughs) What is Lisa refers to him as like a parasite of misery or something, like feeding on people's misery and misfortune. Oh, and the hands off my China. Bart has Ned's glasses. Yes, yes, and their shirts. And they both have the shirts and hats. (laughs) And again, animation. Bart's got the glasses on, and you see uh-huh. yeah. and Lisa walk yeah. in, and they're all squiggly and weird looking. thought that yeah. was good. Um, so, I have a question. I'm here to ask you why you don't think it's necessary to pay your bills. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I just, I just, I, I want to. There's so much. There's so many. Many of them. Chuck and then, Ellis. of course, he finds out it's Flanders, and he's like, oh, he's next door. And then he's like, wait, what was your name again? Howard Simpson. I'll see you on Thursday. Don't. <laughs> But yeah, it's it's nice that by the end of this act, like you do see Homer mm-hmm. starting to make that shift back. Like he's like, right. oh, I like. Well, because then it gets real, right? You all know? of a sudden, it's and happening. Like, you know, yeah. all the way up to this point, he's, you know, it's kind of weird too, like how into this he is. Like yeah. he keeps checking up on Ned and seeing what's going on with the store kind yeah, of laughing he keeps at him going to the store right and it's almost like rubbing salt in the wound mm-hmm. of course ned is too sweet to realize it's happening right but yeah and then like as soon as he actually sees that the store is closing he's like oh wait a minute like i just ruined a man's life right you know anything else for act two no no all yes. right patrick hit us with act three all right, Act 3, when the school bullies take Lisa's saxophone, she tells them that Bart will defend her with the touch of death. 
unable to actually <laughs> do so or defend his sister. Bart is pantsed and hung by his underwear from a playground basketball hoop. Having reclaimed her saxophone, Lisa wistfully notes that sometimes two wrongs do make a right. <laughs> Overcome by regret, Homer decides to return Ned's possessions, but he finds Ned's house repossessed and the family is living in their car. Homer tells Ned to open the store one final time and informs all the left-handed residents of Springfield about the Leftorium. They descend upon the store and buy up almost everything. The business boom helps Ned keep the store open and get his house back. Okay, Act 3. So go ahead. Now can I talk about how sad it was, Maude and the boys in the car, and she's using the The cigarette lighter. lighter. Kids, back in the day, (laughs) there were cigarette lighters in our cars. They would not have roasted a marshmallow. No. Not that fast. Not definitely. No. <laughs> Not at all. Yeah, those things darken real quick there. But that was so sad. Right. Yeah, and the fact that they're just the trying place. to be so positive yeah. for the kids. Oh. And, and the like, kids keep it up. Like, yeah. these guys are going to clear up. They sing. And they're excited to go to the big city. Yeah. Capital city. And then, like, yeah, this is where the heart from this episode comes when Ned has the heart to heart with Homer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he basically tells him what's going on. And, you know, he's trying to be optimistic for his family. Right. But, you know, he's like, there's just nothing left. Right. You know, and like even the part where he's like, you know, these are the times I turned to the good book. But (laughs) I can't. can't. Why not? I I sold sold it to you for seven seven cents. It got me. And then (laughs) when Homer's crying, he pulls out a handkerchief and it has an F on it. Yes, it does. (laughs) It sure does. He bought Which was everything. Definitely a joke I don't remember. <laughs> Me neither. Yeah. Me neither. That's time, a tiny little like, thing oh that you don't gosh. catch. But yeah, the, the I lo- again, and this is part of the, one of the reasons I picked this episode is this is like the moment where they become friends. Like mm-hmm. they've been mm-hmm. anti I mean, and not that they're not antagonistic towards each other later on. Right. There's the whole episode where Homer is suddenly the nice friend and Ned gets sick of him and like they have their ups That's and downs. <laughs> but this is a point where like it's not just Flanders is the foil. Right. Like, mm-hmm. for no reason. Like, right, for no, right. Flanders has done nothing but be super exactly. nice to Homer. Always lets him borrow his stuff. Never and Homer still never back. appreciates him, right. but finally at this point is where they're like, hey, wait a minute. You know, it's not right to be this negative and mean. Mm-hmm. Right. So Flanders does have the store for two more days, and then it becomes a libertarian. <laughs> Hopefully they'll have better luck than I did. <laughs> this is where we need... We need <laughs> As I watched this and I was writing my notes, I thought, this is where we need the Arrested Development narrator to come and say, they It won't. wasn't. Because <laughs> let's face it, libertarians just don't do very well politically. Um, another question I have here. Who's Jerry? I know. Well, he's somebody that Homer paid a loan back to. And yeah. He's like, Remember, now I need you to do me a favor. That's not, yeah. that's not that's how not loans how work. That's <laughs> But also, like, Homer does the right thing. This is when he, he gets people together, and he's trying to help, you know, Flanders out and everything. Um, and also that couple that Homer calls. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, who are they? Tell him I'm, tell him I'm asleep or tell something? Tell him I went or out. Tell him I went out. Ned Flanders needs help. Ned Flanders, Ned Flanders is in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> jumps up immediately. That's great. I referred to him as Ned Flanders is in trouble guy. That's yep. how I wrote him down. That makes sense. Yeah, because... We don't know who he is, right. and we never see him again after this. So, um, But yeah, this was kind of a short act. Like, yeah. There yeah. wasn't a whole ton of... like It seemed like in this particular episode, Act 2 
was where the majority of very heavy. things happened. Like, because Corey even mentioned too with Act One, she goes, "Well, that was that's really it, short. Yeah. yeah, one was pretty short. Yeah. Two was a lot." Three, but four. um, so why were Maud and the kids there before Ned at the mall? I was confused by yeah. that too. Homer opened it up and he's like, "Oh, open your store tomorrow." But they're all there, and he's running right. up the escalator. And Unless maybe Homer told them, that's you know, true. hey, be hey, here for a surprise get the key, or yeah, something. Yeah, get the keys, we'll open it up. And, and the dress that Maud wears is the exact one Mary wears at the end of It's a Wonderful Life. Well, that whole shot yeah. at the end. Like, yeah. Wiggum even has the accordion. Right, yeah. yeah. Like, I forget what's his name. Um, I think it was the uncle that had the accordion, wasn't it? In that scene? No, the cop. It was the cop. Okay, so it makes sense. And yeah, they say uh, to Ned Flanders, the richest left-handed man yes. in town, <laughs> which obviously comes directly from right. "It's a Wonderful Life," right? Which then and also isn't true because wouldn't Burns be the richest left-handed man? In- That's true. That also, as soon as he said that, yeah. but he doesn't mean money. He doesn't wise. mean money. Yeah, that's true. That's not what he's talking about. So um, one other thing I noticed was I made note of all the left-handed Simpson characters. Yeah, or at least supposedly West left-handed because right. they were in the store. So Apu's in there, Sideshow Mel, Dr. Nick, Barney, Mr. Burns, Moe, Otto Man, Mrs. Krabappel, Lenny, Akira shows up in there. Diamond Joe. Diamond Joe Quimby, Princess Cashmere, Dr. Hibbert, <laughs> Jasper, Chuck Ellis, the collections guy, mm-hmm. Lionel Hutz, Principal Skinner, Helen Lovejoy, Dr. Marvin Monroe, Krusty the Clown, Selma, and Wiggum. Yeah, this was definitely one of those, like, hey, let's throw everybody mm-hmm. we can mm-hmm. into here. Even, I mean, because they don't have to be left-handed to be there. Like, some of those people are clearly just helping out. Right. Or just going in there to shop. Like, right. It's unclear if Barney's actually left-handed right. or if he just thinks yeah, that Barney, funny. Yeah, Barney and Akira were the two where I was like, you don't necessarily know that they are, because... Well, Akira does. He's, he's excited about the left-handed nunchucks. Le- yeah. The nunchucks would not be handed. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> He can say that, but they're not different. <laughs> so what you're saying is, actually, Flanders is the villain here, because he's scamming people. <laughs> See, like, I'm of the mind that I think a store like this might actually be a hit. Mm-hmm. Once you can establish yourself and get that base of, I mean, again, 10% of the population in an area, if they're left-handed, there's certain things right. they're going to struggle with. Well, like, I could definitely see Burns with the can opener. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're left-handed, I could definitely see that being And there's, a like, there's websites that cater, like, their online shopping. And the ledger. Right. Just, like, yeah. so you can write all those with your things. left hand and not go over all the right yeah. you just did and everything. You so can I buy, like, kits of, like, kids' school supplies if they're left-handed, so that they may have their left-handed scissors and... Just, just not left-handed pruning shears. No. No, those... You can't even find those. I don't even know. I went to that store and I couldn't find any. I think somebody... Sold them all or swiped, swiped them all? I don't know. Pinking shears. <laughs> that swiped was funny. Them. I think that was that, too. <laughs> that was that, but, too. But still, I thought that was funny. The bullies go the bu- in there yeah. and try to steal stuff, and they the realize The bullies had some just, good lines this episode. They just realize it's nonsense, and they're like, ah, we don't want these. When Rolf steals the... Or was it Rolf or was it Jimbo? And he's like, look at me, I'm Elvis, man! <laughs> when it he was, steals uh, the saxophone? That was Kearney. Kearney. Was Kearney did it. Okay. There was no Rolf. Okay. There's... No, wait. That was, um... No, Kearney's the the bald one. Yeah. Oh no, that it one. was the Dolph. one. Dolph. Dolph. That's okay. I yeah, messed it up. That's right. Dolph. Yeah. Sorry, Dolph yeah. stole it. Yeah. Yeah. Look at me, I'm Elvis. I'm Elvis, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you, dummy. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, there's not really anything else here in Act Three. Do you guys have anything with Act Three outside of what no. we're really? About? I mean, I, mean, I like Burns buying the car. 
That clearly, yes. that's going to buy back the house, right? For mm-hmm. that, because I'm sure that car was not cheap to purchase for the store. Fifteen thousand was what was that's on. That's what the, it was. Okay. That's what was on the uh, the window. So, and then Corey, of course, you probably loved the "It's a Wonderful Life" reference. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I said, that dress was the exact dress, right down to the pearls. Yep. Well, at least we didn't have to see Zuzu. <laughs> oh. Daddy, teacher says. Shut up, Zuzu. <laughs> Which was kind of funny. Recently, we went to. Not um, recently, in December, yeah, we went December. there. We went to Seneca Falls, right? Which That's is the was. inspiration for Bedford, Bedford Falls. Falls. And it was just funny because we went. There's a. Um, it's a Wonderful Life Museum. Yes. Which isn't that much but it's actually becoming a did you stand on the bridge thing we did yes and um i jumped off and it was fine (laughs) (laughs) but no it was kind of funny because they had like all these like because apparently actors would go there because every year they every year they have a big festival Mm -hmm. for it and the actors would go there and everything and there was just so many autographs and from that actress and would always say zuzu underneath but it was just like it was mostly her and like yeah. one other person because <laughs> that movie came out in the forties, so right? Like, and it wasn't like they were the youngest, so they're yeah, the so two they were that the youngest, are still so. alive, right. right? But yeah, Zuzu, Ugh, Zuzu. <laughs> yes. If it wasn't for you, Zuzu, maybe your father wouldn't have had that mental breakdown. While blaming everything on a little child. <laughs> She's the worst. To, perfectly on brand for Corey. She's the yeah. worst. It's a good way to end this episode, I suppose. <laughs> so. All right. So if we don't have anything else, uh, Patrick, why don't you hit us with some ratings? Uh, so in the original broadcast, this episode finished 29th in the ratings for the week of September 30th to October 6th, 1991, with a Nielsen rating of 13.9, equivalent to approximately 12.8 million viewing households. The highest rated show on Fox that week. Oh. Was it its stride? It was it was season three is where it really one. Fox didn't have that many great offerings back in ninety one. Well, they still don't. Because <laughs> they were still trying to find their, yeah, that's their way at they that were pretty point, young. But... Yeah, that was that's why they just let the, they let the yeah. Simpsons yeah. pick on them. I mean it would have been they couldn't afford to Married with Children was probably the top show yeah. back then. So and then is that Herman's Head era? Might have oh, been Oh Herman's Head. <laughs> Also featured Yardley Smith. Yes. So, but, all right, so why don't we talk about thoughts on this episode? Patrick, you picked it, so you go first. Maybe tell us why you picked it and what um, you think of it. I mean, again, I, I love I love Flanders, and this one, the, the whole concept of the Leftorium was just fun. I was like, you know what, let's, we got to do this one. We got to do, there's a lot of fun jokes in it. And again, I love that this is where Homer and Ned become friends, and... You know, despite being not really enemies, that's not really the way to describe it, but... Frenemies. Frenemies. And, you know, Homer has that... I love Homer's growth in this episode. Like, he does... And they, as we've said, he goes overboard on being a jerk. Mm -hmm. But you do get that redemption at the end. And it's just fun, and it's silly, it's well-written. Again, I... Season three, we've, we've done a couple episodes from season three... And it's just such a good episode. It's a good season. You yeah. could pick up. Mm-hmm. You could pick out so many great episodes from this season. Right. Hey, you know what, too? Like, in speaking on the growth, like mm-hmm. as weird as this sounds, it didn't feel rushed. Mm-mm. 
like for a 22 minute episode right like it didn't feel like oh you know how did he come to this like it did you know progressively get there and right you got to see the growth and we, it, it like we sense. knew we knew going in that homer didn't like flanders like that was already established for us so we didn't need a whole lot of backstory mm-hmm. to explain that like mm-hmm. here it is we know he doesn't like him and you know he him just being a jerk and being je- it's his jealousy it's homer's jealousy is what sets everything up and then he realized in the end he's like oh he doesn't have it as good as he did we're not that different him and i uh, Corey, thoughts? I, I I wasn't a fan of this episode because of Homer being a jerk. Okay. I like him being a lovable oaf. Yeah. Okay. When he was, a, it was, it was too much for my sensitive <laughs> uh, constitution mm-hmm. to have Homer be so mean, so mean, yeah. mean, yeah. like. And just it so was happy with other people's yeah. failures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that's... Yeah. And like each time someone said something, I'm like, Homer, tell them, you jerk. <laughs> you know someone who has a left-handed store. Well, I mean, I would just like to point out then, why did you choose this episode last week that you did? What one Remember, did you, I choose? You this? chose this technically. You did. No. Yes. I, I was, I was, I. It was a game. I was, was steamrolled but... into it. <laughs> Steamroll. You could have chosen one of another great episode. That's true. Technically, but Corey C is chose for Corey, is for... and that's good enough for me. You know, it's funny when I was going through the editing. <laughs> that's when it hit on me when she when you picked C. I was like, oh, she picked C for Corey. <laughs> <laughs> that's one hundred percent why she chose C. <laughs> Not wrong. Not wrong. So C is for Cookie, and it's also for yes. Yeah, it's good enough for me. That's good, good enough for, enough for me. <laughs> All right, and then, yeah, so my thoughts were, like, I would say, like, this episode just, it just makes me smile, mm-hmm. you know, because... It does, even with Homer being no, a jerk? not that, of course, but <laughs> the way that it ends, and it just leaves you feeling happy. Like, you know, it's kind of like a, you know, it's a feel-good moment, feel-good episode. But, um, like, outside of that, like, I will say I do feel like it's a great story. It's a very good story. Um, initially, like I was saying, I had a little bit of resignation towards the Bart story, but then as we talked about it, I was like, oh, actually, I see that, and maybe that makes a little bit more sense, because if it was just all Homer hate all the time, it probably would have been too much. Um, but I don't think it really had a lot of, like, really funny jokes. Like, yeah, there was a few things, you know, that I would snicker at and stuff, but... Um, you can definitely tell this is from the earlier seasons, yeah. Because it does have a lot more story to it than some of the, yeah, yeah than one, some a lot of the of other episodes that and... just turn into just complete nonsense. So, but yeah, so I mean, it's an enjoyable episode. You know, I'm not going to say like, oh, this episode. Oh. No, it, it's enjoyable and like it just it just makes me feel good. I also I just like getting I like getting Flanders like some character development in this yes. one too. Yeah, you definitely get a much deeper character from Flanders and a deeper understanding of who he is and, you know, things like that in this, which is definitely good mm-hmm. at that point because I don't think he really had... This is the first central episode to focus right. on before he was just a just a side character who was yeah. just, again, meant to bother yep. Homer. So. And I feel like they really do a good job with Flanders through the years because they really mm-hmm. do make him a pretty deep character, you know, dealing with the grief yeah. of his 
you know, his wife right. and everything. And yeah, actually, <laughs> de- the death of two wives. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, twice. oh man. And um, so, but through, through the years, I feel like <laughs> they've actually made him a much deeper character and have done some really good things with him. So, but yes, maybe we'll uh, come across some of those going forward. But all right, so before we get out of here, Act Four, uh, Patrick. Of course, you picked this episode, so why don't you start with your Act Four? Uh, so we have been we powered through it over the past couple weeks. We watched the first two seasons of Yellow Jackets, uh, and it is dark, but very well done. Um, all the cast is incredible. If you don't know anything about it, uh, it's a little inspired by the Andes. Um, Sort of the Andes Mountain crash. Oh, uh, the was Alive it? was based on yes, that, right? Exactly. The Ethan Hawke movie. Yep, very. Sorry. Every time I hear Alive, I just think of that scene. Alive. Yes. Because um, we're alive. So it's it's about this high yeah. school soccer team that get that crashes in the wilderness, and they have to resort to some very dark things to survive. Um, Christina Ricci's in it. Yep, yeah, Christina Ricci's in it. Juliette Lewis, Lewis is Lewis. in it. Yep. yep. And, and um, what's her face? Melanie Linzin- Linsky. 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 Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's real good, and you, it's it's not all just in that time frame. Like it jumps times to before the crash, and then decades, like twenty five years later, um, is when the present day story is come, taking place. It's it's a lot. I mean, uh, binging it was a little rough. I kind of had to set like a episode a night limit because it was just dark in some spots. So it's pretty heavy. Pretty heavy. Certain episodes are a lot heavier than others, um, but it is, it's very well written. It's, it's funny in that dark comedic way, um, mm-hmm. but also real, real weird. But right. it's, it's enjoyable, and sadly I'm going to be waiting a long time for a third season, I feel like. Yeah. The Again, we still are in solidarity. We support you. And as you mentioned the last time, I mean, there's plenty of stuff. Then to there's watch, a lot. To, so. Exactly, there's still a lot. So this is if you if you're if you're looking for television, uh, it's on Showtime. Go check it out. I think you can also get it on Amazon now. You can rent individual. Episodes. I have a question: Is Elijah Wood? He in is. The he makes an, he makes an appearance in yes. the second season. It's because Christina Ricci was like freaking out because they're real good friends. Yeah. and they have been since they were. Yeah, he suddenly children. he suddenly appears in the th- in the second season. And it's very funny. He's a great. His character is excellent. I love him. I love Elijah. Wood he's so his much. Co- his comedic acting is so good. Yeah, like everybody knows him just as as Frodo. I feel like, but and North and North, of course, North. <laughs> How could we forget North? What about the good son? Him and Macaulay Culkin. This is the second episode in a row we're talking about the good son. But I would say, okay, his adult roles. Like right. most people don't know him for his comedic stuff, but in fact, his comedic the faculty. Stuff, that wasn't yeah. funny. I feel like a lot like Radcliffe too. Like Radcliffe's yeah. Yeah. stuff. They have a very similar can trajectory. Can be just as good as right. Yep. Yeah, he was on a show called Wilfred mm-hmm. that I used to love, and he was very. very that was bad. so weird. It, it was, was so weird, weird for me. But I loved it, and he was very, very, very good in that. You know, a dark comedy stuff like that. So, all right, cool. So we'll check it out. And obviously, not family friendly. No, it is not family friendly. <laughs> no. Adult, adults only here. But yes. uh, yeah, if you're looking for something entertaining in your okay, sounds good. Corey, what do you got? Well, oh boy, oh boy, 
excited. I can tell. Your favorite show's back. <laughs> oh, great. Manifest! I, I'm not, I'm not going to hate. You You can like what you like. It's not for me. I'm doing jazz hands. You are doing old. jazz hands. Yes, you started watching it last night. Love Luckily, you. I had the podcast. Are you going to back to the beginning? No, 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 oh, no, 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 the newest, no. Final no. season, right? This is the, the fi- final. One. This is the final. All back questions half of will the be season. answered. Yeah, because they, they broke it up into two parts. Oh, okay. Uh, and let me tell you, I don't know if it's just that we're so far removed from it, Lou and I, but like the first three episodes we watched, yes, three episodes. I know. To be were, fair, I will say this, they watched one and then she said, do you want us to stop? And I said, no, I'm doing something. You guys can keep going if you'd like. The first three episodes we watched, we were like... This isn't good anymore, right? <laughs> so I don't know if it's just like now we're so far removed because they made us wait so long. And How many are there? And we're kind of like... Is there 10? I think 10. But like, I, of course we're going to see it through. At this point, you have. But, yeah. But like, now it's like, did you always stink or do you just stink now? Do you need me to answer Maybe that? Maybe they always stunk, <laughs> but I don't know. So... So my history with the show yes. is, I remember seeing when it was going to be, like seeing when it first came out, I remember ads for it, Yeah. and I said to Lindsay, ooh, we should watch that together, that looks kind of interesting. Right. Like it looks kind of losty, and right. you know, whatever. And that's what they're doing. They they are trying to cash in on Lost, but I feel like they're cashing in maybe 10 years too late. It was, yeah, it was definitely too yeah. late for it. <laughs> NBC had also had a string of like we're gonna try to be lost sorts of shows, yes. right? Never worked, yes. Revolution right. and like all these other, yeah, all these other ones. She started watching it without me back then. She didn't like it, and I was like, "Hey, let's try watching it," since you know you watched it without me, right? And we got through maybe like five episodes of the first season, and I was like, "This is not a great show," and she's like, "No," and I was like, "Should we keep watching?" No. We just gave up. We were like, that's not really Okay, weird. as weird as this sounds also, I feel like the show has, like, the value versions of more well-known actors. No. Uh, like, 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 the way Lake Bell is definitely, like, a discount version of somebody, right? Yes. Like, the way they look, they, like, all of is the it people... Is Bell? Am I thinking right? Is, that's not her? No, not no, Lake Bell. No, that's not her. But that's the main girl. Like, the, yeah. The, yeah. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah. So most of the people on the show, I'm not going to say all, but most of the people on the show just have this like kind of weird look to them. Not Josh Dallas. You know, like kind not of Not Josh like, Dallas. Not Josh Dallas. Melissa Roxburg. That's that's and not yeah. Michaela. She's she's like discount Lake Bell, who's like, also discount. If you squint, else. she's very attractive. But then if you open your eyes, you're like, oh, you're weird looking. And not like zombie. <laughs> She's an attractive woman. Zombie, not zombie. It's not zombie. I've been going calling <laughs> her zombie all this time. Zombie. I think zombie. I even said to you, this is ridiculous that this woman's name is zombie, and you just went along with it. So it's zombie. I didn't listen to you honestly. Okay. But yeah, I don't know. That that's the one thing that always bothered me about the show too. I was like, you know, it's kind of like around here we have Spectrum News. Uh huh. And you look at the newscasters, and you're like, you could quite. You can just kind of tell why they can't make it beyond Spectrum News, because they just look a little off. Um, 
Yeah, so Manifest is back. So Manifest is back, but you're not quite enjoying it. Or you're not sure if you're enjoying it. I yeah. understand the feeling of just I don't eating. know if I'm enjoying it. Because also, like, Eden, which is supposedly a toddler, at the first end of season four, they had her, like, a little toddler carrying a toy and not saying a lot. But, like, the back end, now eight months have elapsed and I know that a lot can happen in eight months but like this kid is like talking full sentences and ready to graduate kindergarten this kid's got a fake ID <laughs> yeah. yeah she's buying smokes and... I'm only three years old really <laughs> but but like I'm like wait a minute that doesn't seem right either now I know it's not a plausible show but at least Did you think airplanes were disappearing up. for years yes. and just reappearing mean, regular, on the uh, regular? Malaysia Airlines, hello, they went into the glow and never came back. That's true. Just got you there. Oh, yeah. I feel got. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's like The Walking Dead when people get all upset about yeah. why are all the lawns cut? And it's like, really? That's the thing? That's you're going to be critical right. yeah. of the not everything else? <laughs> all um, right. Yeah. I, I, that's... Um, yeah, yes. Yeah, what's your act for? All right, so for me, I'm going to talk about something we just found yesterday. I found out that it was happening, and we started watching it. So we are big fans of the podcast Smartless with, uh, I almost said Will Ferrell. Nope. No, Will Arnett, uh, Jason Will Bateman, <laughs> He's Jason in that Bateman too. and uh, Sean Hayes. Great podcast, and HBO Max did a documentary of them taking the podcast on the road. Mm-hmm. And so they go to different cities and, you know, it's just kind of them. It's showing them trying to get to the location. It's showing them like in the hotel and then it's showing them actually doing the, um, the interview with people and everything. And it's just a lot of fun. Cause you can just tell that these three like legitimately like each other, you know, mm-hmm. and Will Arnett is very similar to Job like the way that he actually acts and all the crap he gives to Jason Bateman. And Bateman's like Michael. Yep, he just takes mm-hmm. it and just and then Sean Hayes is just there as like the comic <laughs> relief and it's just it's a lot of fun. Um so so far we've seen when they went to Boston they interviewed Conan. So that was fun kind of seeing their interaction with them and then the second one we watched they went to, um, no, or they, they were, were still, still in Boston. Boston. Yeah, it they was were still the second in Boston. Show. And Jason Bateman was really excited to bring up, like, someone who's actually, like, has some intelligence. And I forget who, what his name was, but he had a lot to do with, like, AI mm. and talking about that. Did they just talk about dumb stuff once they got him on the episode? No. no. Like, people it were, didn't, like, it didn't they were showing, well. like, crowd shots. People were leaving. Oh. There was people, like, looking at their watches. It did not go well. And Jason was, like, really upset about it. Yeah. Like, I tried to do something, like, intellectual and, like, bring someone else on. That's but what they want. It was clearly yeah, that's not what they want. wanted. Oh, and the first one was DC with Will Ferrell. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because the Conan one went, went great, but they did two in the same night. And then, you know, Sean Hayes being super sweet, he's like, oh, no, that's just because it was the 9 o'clock show. And, like, you know, people and, and just they're drunk. Are, and... Yeah, they're drunk and they're not into it. <laughs> if only. That, but. But it was kind of interesting just to kind of see that. And then they end up, like, pivoting for some of their upcoming shows. 
of like, well, we're not going to have this guest anymore right. because, you know, we don't want people to get upset right. because, of course, people went crazy on Twitter and, you know, ripped them apart and everything like that. So, but no, check it out. Um, it's a lot of fun. All right. So without any further ado, I think it's time to wrap things up. Oh, no, it's not time to wrap things up yet because we have to talk about our next What's episode. What's our next episode? Oh. So our next episode, will, it was a Corey pick. Mm-hmm. Now, she couldn't decide and she didn't want to play a game. No. So she gave, she asked for my opinion um, opinion of it. So, Corey, why don't you tell us what so we're going to So the next episode is going to be Grandpa versus s- Sexual Inadequacy. Uh, they're going on the road. They are. Yep. Love it. Yeah, and she gave me an option, and I was like, do I want to do that one, or do I want to do Homer and Grandpa team up and go on the road? I'm like, I'm going to go with that one. They were both Grandpa episodes, yes. so. So it's a good we'll, one. Uh, yeah, yeah, so I look forward to that one. It's been a while since I've seen that one. Yeah. I have not watched that episode. I love Grandpa. Hey, you know, it'll be knows. interesting, too, because when you brought that up, I was like, do they tell the line in that episode at all? Caleb, <laughs> That was the era. I guess it'll that find out. Did, I guess okay. we'll find we'll out. So, but so stay Caleb, tuned for that you may one. not be able to listen. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So, to get out of here, uh, just a quick reminder that if you ever wanted to get a hold of us for any reason, there is ways that you can do that. So you can reach out to us. If you want to do it the old-fashioned way, get us on email. You can do that. And our email is so it's come to this pod at gmail.com. You can get us on Instagram, so it's come to this underscore pod, and on Facebook, so it's come with the number two this. So you can also find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, and Google Podcasts, wherever you find your podcast. While you're there, make sure to like and subscribe. And we are also part of a super team of pop culture craze podcasters, artists, and musicians, which are all united to spread the gospel of rad stuff. You can find that over at Rad Pantheon by going to radpantheon.com. And there's some really cool stuff there, um, some different podcasts that we mention, and artists, and just some, some fun things over there. So go check it out. But yes, happy Pride to all. Happy Pride. Happy Pride to all who and, celebrate. Yeah, and be safe out there. Even if you don't agree with it, just leave people be. You know, let them, let them do their thing. So, all right. So with that, why don't we get out of here? Goodbye, you people. <laughs> See you later, alligators. <laughs> all right, we'll smell you later, everyone. Bye. Bye. Do you have a Sandoval update? Oh, oh a Scandoval update. Oh I'm sorry. Oh my god. You don't. You don't. Don't feel compelled. Yeah, you don't have to. Oh my god. <laughs> I just assumed you did. These idiots. <laughs> These stupid, <laughs> stupid, stupid idiots. I mean, don't start saying it yet because I have to set you up. Who are the idiots? Sandoval and Rachel. <laughs> you Who need do to, you think they have, are? Like, we gotta have like a. Like an idiot nickname for the two of them. Okay. Patrick, you made me laugh so hard when you sent When I called her lady. And you're like, is this (laughs) Lady Vanderpump? Is this Lady Vanderpump? (laughs) She's like, no, this is Lady Vanderpump. (laughs) Stassi. Stassi was some good entertainment, though. Was she not? She was. Especially her birthdays. (laughs) 
<laughs> she had a meltdown at every birthday. Every show. birthday she had a meltdown. It's my birthday! So are you going to have an update? Should I set you up? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Can we... Wh- wait, what are we doing? Are we back in... We're, we're pulling Are we back off. on track? Or? You'll see. I'll set you up, and then that's when we're... And I'll knock him down. Yep, he'll knock it down. <laughs> How come everyone else took a shower but Norman Reedus? <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> or the fact that people cared about Lori enough to keep her alive that long. <laughs> that's not realistic. <laughs> or that Carl wouldn't she stay in the house. Ter- Carl never, 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 never in the house. Freaking Carl. Keep calm, and where's Carl? Not in the house. <laughs> I feel like this is a pattern that we find a show yeah. every episode and we just like go on a little bit of a tangent every time. <laughs> Thank so. you for sticking around if you're still here.